Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben is across from me, Republican committee person. He's a, uh, uh, let's see what I want to say, business person. He has signed the front and the back of checks occasionally. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, co- just a co-host today. Do you ever coach any sports? Yeah. Okay. He's for been years a coach. at Seals Grove and was able to... Uh, See some young folks grow up, and uh, no, that's a. And I uh, did uh, full disclosure. I did help coach the women's track team at Junietta College. Oh wow! Which we I uh, finished. I think we finished second in the league that year. But uh, no, it's a privilege to uh, be able to uh, coach some of the youths or some of your peers. But it's also. Uh, uh, boy, you look back and uh, you you look at the great coaches from around here, particularly all of them going to be a little biased towards football, <laughs> and you see uh, the history. And, and again, present day, uh, greatest coach in high school football in Pennsylvania is right up in Elysburg, Jim Roth. Hmm. Uh, Shickly brave at one time. Is that true? Not Coach Curry? Well, Coach, I think uh, Coach Roth has passed Coach Curry, but you look at the distance between Berwick, Southern Columbia, and Mount Carmel, as I tell my business associates in Pittsburgh and that area, uh, we do play some high school football in central Pennsylvania. <laughs> Here we got three games on tonight. Eagle 107 has uh, the uh, Seals game on tonight. Shikalami's got this. Oh, Seals against the Tigers. Yes, yeah, Southern Columbia. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, so. Seals defense, excellent, excellent. They will be tested. And the, retested. The, de- the bend but don't break rule might be, uh, that might be a tough one. But, uh, no, and uh, also what uh, I think. Do you have the old, I don't think they call it the tomato bowl. Do you have the old uh, uh, Lewisburg Milton? Was that at one time, wasn't that the tomato bowl? Or it had a, it had a significance. I mean, yeah, it's, that makes it's sense. geographically significant, but uh, I thought at one time that was, uh, that was a big celebration. All right. Well, and uh, so the Shikolami Mifflinburgers tonight, and then on one and a point nine, the Valley, we've got the Lewisburg Green Dragons. Now, why are they playing up at uh, uh, Williamsport? Is somebody in the Bucknell Stadium tonight that they have to play up at Williamsport? Uh, you don't know? Okay. No, it's, I know Milton's field. Milton has uh, will not have a home game this year because their field is under construction. As far as with Lewisburg, uh, you know, when Bucknell sort of... Uh, you're at the whim of Bucknell uh, when you're a Lewisburg Dream Dragon football team because uh, if Bucknell feels feels they might need the uh, the stadium for their needs. Uh, your needs become uh, second and third. All right. Well, we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to a man today. Uh, he is uh, on the line. Professor Goss is on the line. Van Goss, good morning, sir. Thanks for checking in. 
Sure, thank you. Professor of History at Franklin and Marshall College in Lancaster. Uh, he has authored a new book called The First Reconstruction, Black Politics in America from the Revolution to the Civil War. And you're going to be talking this weekend at the Dale Angle Walker House uh, at 1 p.m. So you're coming up uh, to our area to do that talk. And uh, we see on your resume you have authored numerous articles and books on the post-1945 politics and social movements in the U.S., Where the Boys Are Cuba, Cold War America and the Making of a New Left, also uh, co-chairs Historians for Peace and Democracy. So again, we really appreciate you uh, checking in and uh, talking to us. Give us a preview of your talk on Sunday. Give us a kind of a glimpse of what the book was about, and sure. or what the book is about, and what you'll talk about. Well, you know, most people, including me, had no idea that there was any black involvement in politics, you know, party politics, voting before the Civil War. Um, but, in fact, in places like Pennsylvania, there were large populations of free black people, and black men voted from the 1790s on uh, all over, you know, many of the counties. Um, in Pennsylvania, we all know this. We, I grew up in Lewisburg. It's very local. Counties tend to decide a lot of things for themselves. But in a lot of the largest counties, uh, I don't know about Union. I haven't found any evidence there. But in Dauphin, and Lancaster and Bucks and Allegheny and Franklin and a bunch of other counties, black men kept voting right up until 1838 when they were disfranchised. Well, and what impact did this have on politics? It's, I have to tell you, it's barely even an asterisk in history. If you hadn't brought it up and talked about, you know, this could get lost. But uh, you're here to say that this was, uh, uh, was something that was moving the iceberg a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, in some places there were enough votes so that, I mean, voting is very local then. There's no polls. If you're a party operative in 1810 or 1820, you know exactly who the voters are in your township and your county. A, a state legislative district only needs about 1,500 voters to qualify for a seat. So you're counting them in the, in the dozens. And if there are several dozen black men and they've been voting for a long time, you know which party they vote for. And, you know, you're either trying to encourage them to come over to you or you're trying to get your vote out. So it was pretty it was pretty ordinary. It was pretty regular. And, and can, uh, yeah, go ahead. So that's how I think of it. It's just it's just part of regular politics until in the 1830s one of the parties decides that it wants to get rid of those voters. All right, and so, yeah, just walk, give us a quick evolution up today, and please include that, a comment about, you know, where is the black bloc today? Is it still cohesive? Is it just funneled through Democrats? And, of course, we know that is changing significantly. Please continue the timeline. Well, um, you know, they were disfranchised in 1838, and it was Democrats who did it. The Democrats back then, and for a very long time, are, you know, a party of white men, and they wanted to get rid of those votes and did a lot of scaremongering about the Whigs, their opponents were going to bring up thousands of former, former slaves from Maryland and Virginia. So it was very partisan. Um, it was driven by pure partisan instincts. Uh, and there have been plenty of other attempts to disfranchise people. There were a lot of, around the state, you know, they wouldn't let naturalized citizens vote. Sometimes they wouldn't let the sons of naturalized citizens vote. So politics was raw back then. 15th Amendment in 1870 meant that that was that. You know, uh, 
black men were going to vote from then on, and they voted uh, almost entirely as Republicans for a very long time. Uh, and even though many came over to the Democrats back in the New Deal, in because of Roosevelt and everything, he was you know just all the benefits. Um, a lot of there was still plenty of black Republicans in Pennsylvania for decades after, uh, certainly into you know the '60s and '70s. Um, so you know there, there, it takes a long time to consolidate different electoral blocks uh, in in Pennsylvania and elsewhere. Um, now you know the assumption people make this assumption that black voters are Repu- are Democrats, but you never know what can change. You know, I mean, I'll, um, I'm blanking on the name. Who's the the former Hazelton mayor, now congressman, who I believe is going to be the Republican governor? Lou Barletta. Lou Barletta. Yeah, Lou Barletta. If you had said 50 years ago or 60 years ago that Italian Americans were going to vote Republican in Pennsylvania, they would have laughed at you. They'd have said, "Oh no, you know, they're Catholics. They're Democrats." So things move around a lot. So we have to see what happens now. Professor uh, Ben Reichley here. Quick question on the historical side when you go back into the 1830s or even beforehand yep. and right down, right, right, in, right in Lancaster County, but uh, the role of the abolitionists and people like Thaddeus Stevens in Pennsylvania, yep. uh, did that move the voting blocks at all? Well, Thaddeus Stevens had been very instrumental in challenging the Democratic Party Originally, they were called Jeffersonian Republicans, and then they changed their name to Democrats. But they'd been dominating Pennsylvania since about 1798. And they were very split up into factions, and it was extremely complicated, more than one ticket often. But essentially, that's the majority party. And in the 1830s, Thaddeus Stevens, um, uh, it was actually an anti-Mason, the anti-Masonic party, but they were allied to the Whigs. They, they took the Democrats down in 1835 and elected uh, a German governor, always important to get out the German vote, Simon Rittner. And they were, Stevens and Rittner were, they were abolitionists. They said, and I'm going to quote here, Governor Rittner's inaugural address said, we will no longer bow the knee to slavery, meaning go along with the Southern Democrats. So there was, it was a really uh, fierce partisan fight. And Thaddeus Stevens and the Whigs and anti-Masons tried to pass a law, did pass a law, requiring voter registration, which was a very new idea in Philadelphia, and that was to keep out the Irish, because the Democrats had naturalized them in a few months and get their votes, even though they hadn't been here five years. So it was fighting for votes, and uh, Stevens was a leading, uh, fought very, very hard in the Constitutional Convention in 1837 to um, keep the black vote, make it, you know, keep Pennsylvania non-racial, as it had been uh, since the 1790 Constitution, but he was defeated through a lot of scare tactics eventually. If I can fast forward to the end of yep. the 50s and the 60s, I find it interesting that you look at the societal breakdown of uh, you know the whites, the yep. blacks, the Hispanics coming into the 50s, and the black families were very entrenched, and it seems like the LBJ great societal movement, that narrative has somewhat torn apart, particularly the uh, black community, with government. I want to say the people that wanted to help so much seemed not to help certain factions of the uh, black community. Well, that's that's 
you know, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm very focused on before the Civil War. Mm-hmm. I'm an historian, so that's a that's a whole complicated subject that I would have to give some thought to. You know, what was the effect of certainly, and it's important to remember that a lot of what people think of as the Great Society actually got passed under Richard Nixon. Bills he signed, Richard Nixon, and this is going to shock a lot of your listeners. But from the point of view of an historian, okay, looking at what what you actually support, what you sign, Richard Nixon was the last. Uh, liberal president until maybe Obama. And Nixon signed all kinds of things. Nick, Nixon um, uh, supported um, putting a cola on Social Security, which probably did more to lift poor people of every race out of out of poverty than anything else. So between Johnson and Nixon, poverty did you know, and poverty is obviously not restricted to black people. Plenty of poor white people, at least where I grew up in, in Lewisburg. But poverty went down significantly in that period. A lot of other things happened. But between the expansion of AFTC, the putting the coal on Social Security, which really helped tens of millions of senior citizens, we did get a reduction in poverty. There was lots of other things going on, but that's the part that I know. If you go back to the Revolutionary War and sure. where the, the growth of the United States, yeah. and again blacks voting and being involved in the community and the regards against certain other minorities or you talk about the Irish or the Italians and it's quite interesting somewhere in the 30s you know what flipped around all of a sudden well you know the Democratic Party was was on the ropes in the 1920s Uh, it you know it, it, it the most famous instance in 1924, the Democratic Party had a convention where it took them a week, and I think it's 108 ballots just to nominate a presidential candidate. And they nominated someone uh, who had never even held office. It was They knew they were going to lose. And the reason was, and this is there's no vagueness about this, it was the Klan. You know, a large parts of the Southern Democratic Party had gone into the new Ku Klux Klan, which was, when we talk about the Klan in the 20s, which was a huge organization all over the country, we're not just talking something that didn't like black people, didn't like immigrants, Catholics, and Jews. That's what the Klan of the 20s stood for. Well, this is a problem if you're a Democrat, because in the North, your vote is Catholic. So the Democratic Party was in terrible shape when they ran, finally ran a Catholic. Al Smith in 1928, a huge figure. I'm not Catholic, but a huge figure, in, you know, an, a, an Irish German from New York. Well, the Southern Democrats actually did something they hadn't, couldn't imagine doing. They refused to support him. To get up to the Depression with FDR, this is a party that had been looked like permanent minority status, and then along comes, you know, this this uh, remarkable politician, whatever you think of his policies, he was a great politician, and suddenly they're in a position of being, you know, a majority party, and they reached out and brought in all kinds of people, lots of former Republicans, including African Americans. So part of the Democrats becoming you know, the majority party, as they stayed well into my lifetime, as we all know, two-to-one registration advantage in the 70s, was that they became a big tent party, reached out and just got all sorts of people who've been historically Republican. So part, the point here is, for what it's worth, is that our parties, you know, they, they're kind of, they, they, they switch around. People move at certain points, not constantly, but at certain points in time constituencies move from one to the other and then the party itself changes. And that's happened to the Republicans clearly since the 60s. They've become a very different party. 
Well, we can ask these kinds of questions on Sunday. Now, let's flash forward to today. I always yep. uh, say our republic is crumbling because we have a bitter division and yep. uh, sometimes violence and race is part of it. Uh, tell me that this is your time also to really look at history unfold today. Well, I think we are in a very frightening time. I mean, that's the word I would use. Uh, we've had unprecedented challenges to the, to the rule of law, to constitutional democracy. I'm talking about January 6th. I never thought I'd see something like that in my lifetime, and I've been teaching American history for decades. I simply couldn't believe it, actually. Um, we have uh, bitter mutual dislike. Of course, we've had that before, but the problem is it led to a civil war, so I don't want to go there. Uh, I, I, I think we need to get back to the rule of law and some kind of mutual respect. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want to offend anybody, but we need the rule of law would be an important principle. So tell, um, what, what does that look yeah. like? That means individuals who are real zealots for one side or another or one party or yeah. another yes. in Washington. Yeah, no more, no, more, no more marching on the capital of the United States and beating up cops. Does that make clear what I mean? And what about, uh, you know, we look at Portland and Seattle where the violence continues there. Uh, is same thing. You know, that's far left, but it's, you know, it's the same, I only different. it's the same thing because it's not marching on the capital of the United States and invading the House, you know, the actual floor and looking for members of Congress in both parties to uh, looking for Mike Pence. You know, that I, I mean, you know, the, I, I don't want to. Seattle and Portland, they should, you know, the police are going to do what they're going to do, and they're going to arrest people and so on. There's lots. We have a long history of that, of, you know, uh, militant demonstrations of all sorts, but but that's qualitatively different as far as I'm concerned. Uh, And so we have to, you know, I hope the FBI does its work. I mean, I don't care where it comes from. Sedition is not, should not be legal in this country. Armed sedition. Rule of law going to be very important. We'll give you yep. an additional yep. remark. Anything to add about our whole conversation? No, I just if, if anybody wants to hear about Pennsylvania, I'm going to talk a lot about just Pennsylvania, what it was like between the Revolution and the Civil War. It's a very uh, dynamic state, but very, very localized along lines of geography, ethnicity, religion, and you know where we are in Union County is an example. We're the frontier at the time of the Revolution. But we're very different from, say, Lancaster, the southeastern county. So I'm going to talk about that and fit black politics into that, our big state's history. So if you're interested in Pennsylvania history, come out to the Dale Engel Walker House outside of Lewisburg at 1 p.m. tomorrow. All right. We'll have to ask how important the nonviolent religious history was in the U.S. Oh, my God, in, yes. in, Well, yeah. in Pennsylvania, what, do you have the Amish here by the 1800s and uh, oh. Quakers? So. Yeah, well, no, we're the great refuge for people who are religious dissenters of the tradition. All right. Well, fabulous. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time today and your talk. Thanks for traveling to our area on Sunday. We'll give folks the time and so on and remind us about the where. And uh, we invite you to come back and talk to us again. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. That is Van Goss, a professor of history at Franklin Marshall College. His latest book, The First Reconstruction, Black Politics in America from the Revolution to the Civil War. And his talk this Sunday at the Dale Angle Walker House. Saturday, I believe. Oh, is it?
Oh, yeah, it is Saturday. I'm sorry. Yeah, Saturday, boy. 23rd, Excellent catch. Jeez, good for you. Thank you. Tomorrow, 1 p.m., Dale Angle Walker House, which is out on Strawbridge Road, and that is just out for 192 in Union County, sponsored by the uh, Union County Historical Society. So we're so glad that they're and bringing him in. I think the high schools and the colleges, Bucknell, Susquehanna, local high schools are giving credit for attending, correct? I have no idea. <laughs> this is actual history. Are you sure? I know. You, might, sure go, you, wanna, you might go out there and learn something. This isn't the whitewash version. This is the real deal. And an interesting part between the Revolutionary War and what he's talking about in the 30s and he's, in 1830s, and you see, so what happened? But the religious part of it, the immigration part of it, so you, in a real quick reference, uh, paraphrasing though, it seems like the black community was more established in some ways in Pennsylvania than the Irish and the Italians. And then you roll that roller coaster down into uh, the 1850s and 60s, and you see uh, you see what happens. All right, one 795 A speedy dialer can enjoy some reaction on the radio if they wish to call us and tell about uh, Van Goss's remarks. The professor will be in our area tomorrow, and so we very much uh, would love to hear from you. one 800 795 Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. President Biden did a town hall last evening. He started out super groggy and completely lost and ended up very sharp. So what I guess this... the location? I know it wasn't Scranton. Uh, he was there the day before. Baltimore? Oh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yes, yes, yes. It wasn't West Baltimore, I'm sure. <laughs> Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I didn't see all of Biden. I'd seen some clips of Biden's town hall last night. He looked like an angry old man there. Part <laughs> of it, he's standing there and Cooper Anderson is speaking about something. He's sitting there with both fist balled up, you know, like he's angry getting ready to pounce on somebody. Don't know what that was all about. But I did see a clip that he's talking about that, you know, he's going to, you know, his uh, big plan has, I don't know, 60-some billion dollars for, you know, uh, transportation infrastructure for rail, you know, freight rail and, and passenger rail. And he's talking about how China's got this another high-speed train going in, blah, blah, blah. And how if we did that here, it would take millions of cars off the road. Well, I'm sorry. America isn't built that way. You know, we do not want to be under the schedule of the government for where we can go and how we get there and when we can go to get there. And that's what that's going to do. You get a high-speed rail, you know, if they get what they want, high-speed rail all over the country, then it's on their schedule, not your own. Well, the high-speed rail is, is, is one of those feel-good type of deals, but how did it work out for California when they were going to do L.A. to Vegas was going to be high-speed rail? That became a boondoggle. Uh, in the Bay Area, San Francisco area, uh, they could have built the BART system, Bay Area Rapid Transit Association or Authority, but they decided only to build one side of it because of the railway union. Uh, but, uh, you know, you look around the country, and, you know, you got uh, public transportation is a fiasco. I, you know, you wish it could work, especially around New York and D.C. and Chicago, L.A. You know, pick pick the place, Atlanta, but it doesn't. SEPTA. Yeah, well, SEPTA, well, boy, that's a fine-run machine. I, and why don't they do this? Why don't they P3 them? Why don't they do public-private and let expertise in transportation come in and show the people how to do it? But Believe me, it's government jobs and it's union jobs. So there's a double there that's hard to beat. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, but he said, you know, when he was talking about that anger, anger, you can see the anger coming out of him the way he was talking. You know, there's something going on there with that man, and I don't know exactly what it is. And I'm sure there's people that have their theories. I have my theories, but none of them are good for for the country. But, yeah, and as far as your previous caller, you know, the, the, the prof- professor, is that what it was? Or just the Professor author? at Franklin and Marshall. Okay. Now, he was there talking about how the parties change. You know, I hear this from the left all the time, how the Republicans became the Southern Democrats and became the racist party. That's a pile of horse dung. That didn't happen? No, it didn't happen. Where, oh. When did it happen? They say it happened in the 60s, Civil Rights Bill. But if you look into it, without the Republicans, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 would not have been passed because the Southern Democrats are the ones that fought it. And to that point, only one Southern Democrat senator became a Republican. That was Strom Thurmond. The rest of them remained Democrats. I got you. You know, like Al Gore Sr. and everything. So the switch is a bunch of baloney. All right. We'll let them know. Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. Appreciate the call. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone. You're going to need it during the 9 a.m. hour. We'll hit the headlines, and then we'll open up the phones. we got some texts ready to go, and uh, we'll be enjoying an opportunity to talk to you telephonically. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. Uh, We launched the latter two-thirds of our program. We have the most fabulous producer there ever was, Mr. Rob Center, on the other side of the glass. He's ready to answer the phones. If you dial 1-800-795-9565, you can also email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can do what two individuals have done, and that is text us at 70236, or it's the same individual texting twice, I guess, would also be possible. Uh, but uh, yeah, two texts are standing by. They were sent to 70236 and had the keyword OTM, and that's how you get uh, your text uh, placed uh, front and center in front of us. You can send your email to on the market up at the KOK.com and call us toll free now, 1 800 795 9565. We had our good professor from Franklin and Mark. Marshall College on the line a short time ago talking about his talk tomorrow uh, related to black history in Pennsylvania between the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. We also talked about uh, some current events, including Portland, which he kind of dismissed as being uh, uh, maybe not as critical as the insurrection-type attack that took place at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, I don't actually personally see it that way. I'm not 100% informed on Portland, but I, I think uh, violence against the state or local government is violence against the government, and as was the January 6th attack. Uh, hundreds of people involved in both. There's certainly been more people in Portland and in Eugene and in Seattle uh, collectively than were involved in the U.S. Capitol attack. Minneapolis, Philadelphia. Well, those are one and done. They're not ongoing. But well, Portland and Oregon is yeah, still ongoing. But remember, Minneapolis... 
Right. That was bad. Police had to leave the, they left the precinct. But uh, we don't, it's certainly not in the mainstream media, but my lovely daughter lives out there and says, hey, Pop, Eugene, Portland, Seattle, never ended. Okay. Don't don't come and visit. It's never subsided. Chamber of Commerce is having a tough time with their tourism programs. (laughs) Yeah. Come, come to downtown Eugene. We got riot gear for tourists. Of course, old, uh, old 60s protesters might want to feel a throwback and that might be a great uh, marketing tool. Say, hey, come, come to Portland. Put on your uh, Birkenstocks and stocks and go out and let's protest like we did in the 60s. Were 60s protests primarily violent, would you say? No, I believe they weren't, but they were, they were. Uh, they were protests that uh, changed the country, f- mostly for the right reasons. Now, the weather underground... That's another topic. That, okay, but that we'll was, get to that. That was, that was an offshoot of those uh, anti-war protests. So we talked to our good professor. You can have a, a remark about uh, him. Uh, we had President Biden last night at a town hall meeting. Started out uh, pretty groggy and the normal <laughs> president, but uh, during the, his remarks, the B-12 shot took effect, and he was super sharp by the end. So we can talk about some of his remarks. Talked about the filibuster. I'm going to say a, a couple sentences about that very shortly. But it's open phones Friday today. You want to sound off and let us know your view on these important topics. We also had a conversation yesterday about uh, how the political parties are literally killing the U.S. and tearing us apart and wasting trillions of dollars and leading to the fact that uh, our country has to stay divided so that the elite Democrats and elite Republicans can stay in power so in the U.S. President Biden's it was a B-12 shot and a Red Bull? I'm not sure which it was. Well, I'm sure it was caffeine as well. Yeah, he, he definitely picked up his game by the end. Yeah, it was back to, I mean, it almost sounded like when he was campaigning. You remember when he was campaigning, it was perfectly normal. You know, they would say he was senile, but that was not true. Of course, then uh, four or two years later, he's in office and he's clearly impaired. But yesterday he was fine by the end of the evening. So anyway, he had great recall and everything. It all came back. I would say when you say perfectly normal and a politician, I would say probably 98% just back to lying normal. Might not, might not be perfectly normal. There's 2% of the perfectly normal ones. But I would, I would say that, that that bowl of politicians, to say perfectly normal, 98% of them are probably not there. But you can find 2% that are, in your regards, probably perfectly normal. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Some brief news headlines. Shikolami students get an opportunity for another fun off-campus event coming up tonight. 15th annual Bonfire and Flag football game held at Spyglass Ridge Winery. It's uh, Sunday. I'm sorry. I think I said tonight's uh, Sunday. Tonight's the football game. Organizer and school board member Slade Shrek says the event is designed to give students a fun event, cheer on fall sports, and promote school spirit. He said uh, they'll collect donations for the Thyram Humphrey Center for Breast Health. Being held where? Spyglass Ridge Winery. Rockefeller Township's going to allow it? Well, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's one of the scheduled events, so uh, they're allowed to stay busy to the end of the month. They're They're not burning the seal, are they? No, they stopped doing that. Okay. Uh, actually, I, I, I think some kids got hurt, and so they stopped burning the seal. Uh, when I was in high school, we still burned the seal, mm-hmm. and the year that we tried to have our burning of the seal, it rained like crazy, so we weren't able to have it. So well, in the yearbook, you see a picture of it, but that's a model. That was seal weather back then. <laughs> that, but yeah, that but seal I will say this. You, you did burn Seals Grove on the football field up back until then. 1978. And let's see, U.S. Congressman Dan User out with a statement on what he 
recalls as President Biden's Build Back Broke agenda says if passed, the $3.5 trillion wasteful spending package will drastically increase the cost of living, drive gas and energy prices higher, and stunt Main Street growth. You can read more of his comments at WKOK.com. Drug Take Back Day is tomorrow. Department of Drug and Alcohol Programs Deputy Secretary Ellen D. Domenico says the Drug Take Back Day provides the perfect opportunity to get old prescription drugs out of a home before they fall into the wrong hands. At minimum, they are a clear danger and worse, can have tragic results. Hundreds of thousands of unused and expired prescription drugs are circulating in every corner of our society. For information on prescription drug take-back day locations, go to takebackday.dea.gov. If people miss Saturday's drug take-back events, there are still more than 880 take-back locations available year-round throughout the Commonwealth. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Some other brief news headlines. President Biden ventured a step further in favoring of eliminating the filibuster in some instances after this week saw the defeat of his voting right legislation compromise in the Senate in a town hall event with CNN's Anderson Cooper. Mr. Biden said he would be open to doing away with the filibuster in order to pass the voting rights and maybe more. He indicated the debt ceiling may be one issue worth considering. Of course, trouble is you'd have to get all 50 Democrats on the same page, and that's not going to happen either, but that's another topic. And finally, COVID-19 booster shots got thumbs up last night, making tens of millions of Americans now eligible to receive a COVID-19 booster dose today. CBS News correspondent Laura Podesta has more from New York City. Vaccine centers and pharmacies around the country are preparing to administer millions more COVID-19 shots. Federal health officials have signed off on giving boosters to a much wider range of people. Last night, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky approved a plan that makes as many as 100 million Americans eligible for another dose. The CDC is recommending booster shots for Moderna recipients 65 and up and for younger individuals at a higher risk because of their job, living situation, or underlying health condition. And finally, former President Trump announced his new social media platform this week, and it just took two hours for hackers to completely take it down. His own account was hijacked, and his profile was replaced with a picture of a pig doing its business. Some people even claim to have created uh, accounts on Truth uh, Social's unlaunched platform using the handles Mike Pence and Donald Trump, which isn't a good sign either. Well, I think that was a uh, soft rollout or soft opening, and I believe it's going to I believe March or April of next year is the public offering. But uh, if uh, if it's VIPs that are hacking your system or helping you hack your system, that's probably not the best VIPs. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, very interesting that uh, uh, you, you think social media should welcome the competition. Competition should make uh, all platforms a little bit better down the road. But a uh, quick question, though, Mark, maybe we can get some understanding on the booster shot, what age groups. He, they talked about a little bit people who are... Boosters, 65 and up, unless you have compromised health or you're a caregiver. So if you're 65 and over and you're pretty healthy, you've had the shots... And you're you not go, a caregiver. Well, would you go to your doctor and say, hey, can you test my... Can I get a test to see where my antibodies are? 
do I need the booster? Or no, not? they're not testing antibodies. That's a big debacle in the U.S. I, I don't know why not. You know, it's uh, you have them, you, but you have no idea what your level is. We haven't done that yet. No, I had a, I had a test. I know I had the antibodies. Well, I know you have I them. The shots. So stronger or weaker than normal? Uh, natural. I understand natural antibodies are far better than the shots. So those people who have had COVID and not got the vaccine potentially, potentially have, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're right there where getting the shot is. I well, mean, you're a smart guy, you know, and you might even get a booster shot that's not the main one that you had, so that might even increase your... I think I might get the B12 booster the president, <laughs> the president had last night. I could use that myself. But, uh, you know, you had the COVID, so you have the natural antibodies, plus you had the vaccine, so you have that going. You wear a mask where necessary. I know that to be true. So, you know, you're doing everything you can to slow the spread of the disease. Uh, everybody's got to participate in this, but some people say, it. hey, it takes away their freedom they don't want to do what's good for the you know the majority so they well two won't terms do. that seem not to get used a whole lot is natural immunity and herd immunity well herd there's a lot written about natural uh, immunity well i but, uh, just have to read it yeah, yeah. i was gonna say i did not s- i did not see that on cnn or msnbc in the last week but <laughs> okay well you shouldn't be watching them anyway <laughs> dale you're on the mark yeah i just want to say at the top of the hour i heard everything about vaccines and coronavirus, but I didn't hear what was the crux of the problem. I think Fauci's going to hide under a shell now because they just said that NIH just funded that uh, gain of function. So basically, Bill Gates and Fauci and our media just killed probably about a, a fifth of our population. Well, well, the, okay. the, the, yeah, the information's coming out now. Boy, I can't think of the doctor, gray-haired gentleman with the uh, mustache. Uh, he's the assistant, or he has one of the divisions under Fauci. Uh, yeah, I, uh, and he coincidentally is retiring. But, uh, no, Fauci's credibility has, uh, you know, I guess it's uh, been diluted quite a bit. And uh, uh, it goes back to former President Clinton on some of these words and terms what is is i mean when you get down to that uh you're splitting hairs so did you did you funk did you did you support gain of function with with american dollars or didn't you and i think Rand paul showed that uh, months ago but yeah dr fauci's credibility boy might be retirement for him should be a nice yeah, way I, to go out yeah i just want to say fauci and bill gates killed more people than hitler he keeps saying and it, they they released they released a biological weapon on the world's people. Now I'm thinking all those ships out in California might be all filled with fentanyl. That's probably why they're holding them up. Because we're in it to a serious war, I think. All right. We got you, Dale. Thank you for calling in. Yep. All right, next up, Lance, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey there. Well, you know, uh one of the um salient traits of a person who is becoming uh, senile is being able to recall in minute detail uh, events of long ago but is leaving the doors open, the lights on and stuff on the stove and it's really true I know a fellow told me about a went to see an old professor of his after about 40 years and the guy could remember virtually all of Shakespeare's sonnets word for word, but he was doing all that other stuff and, and then like, wound up, I guess, with Alzheimer's then. So, 
Well, I think President Biden was pretty sharp once by the time the show wrapped up on current events. Plus, of course, his recall of old events has, has always been pretty sharp. But, uh, yeah, he did pretty well last night. Did you happen to see him by chance? No, I didn't. I got you. Okay. I'm on the television. But I, what I was able to listen to without uh, losing my lunch was was all the things about years ago. And that's sort of what I'm premising this on. Right. I got you. Yeah, he re- recalled a auto race with mm. a famous car racer. Richard Petty? It could have been. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have I have a picture of Donnie uh, Allison, and the car he was driving the 1963 X car didn't have positive traction. You remember that? Yeah, so okay. so Petty eased up on him, but he would have beat him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah something know, like that. Yeah. Uh, when you look at like a a 63 Ford Galaxy, for instance, going 200 miles an hour in one of those, and that's uh, pretty amazing. You'd have to be a a real uh, well. Excuse the expression, he man, to do that. I mean, these whiz bangers we have out there that are high tech and the super—they're not going any faster than that old Galaxy did. Hmm. Right. I don't know. Posi traction, Mark. I, I'm recalling uh, the movie My Cousin Vinny and the testimony when his fiance tested about the posi traction or non-posi traction making the tires spin. So if President Biden is that sharp. And that B12 and that Red Bull, we should we should have some here at the station. Right. Thank you. Anything else, Lance? Uh, no, not right now. I guess. All right, we got you. Well, thank you. Yeah, there's an important <laughs> uh, uh, remark there. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We got four te- texts stacking up, but we'll take emails sent to on the market wkok.com. Texts sent to seven zero two three six with the keyword OTM, and you can call us now one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Did you see President Biden's speech? What did you think of it? Yeah, give Was us some positives. Sharp at the end and dollar at the beginning, or is that yeah. just Lawrence's bias? We talked about the black historian, author Van Goss of Franklin and Marshall earlier. He'll be in our area tomorrow with his new book and booster shots approved for people mm-hmm. that are in that uh, category, sixty five and up, and high risk and. And or caregivers, uh, they can get Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, or the, of course Pfizer was already approved for that, for that their ilk already. So, <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> it's a it's, it's a new category on yeah. WKOK. Everybody has an ilk now. Yeah. It's like the Beatles when they talked about isms. Everybody today has an ilk. Okay. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to. Bring ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
All right, welcome back. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. Rob Sanders standing by, our fabulous producer. I'm Mark Lawrence. Ben Reichley, our good co-host. We had an author on earlier talking about black history and the significant input that uh, blacks had as a voting block uh, prior to the Civil War and afterward and what happened to it and well, the change Well, just their of place in society. Look, look at their place in society compared to what he said, the Irish and the Italians at that time. Mm-hmm. So very, very so, interesting. Right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Talking a little bit about President Biden's speech, talking about the potentiality, possibility of eliminating the filibuster somehow temporarily. I'm not sure how you would do that. So when it suits Democrats, <laughs> they'd be able to take care of that. Booster shots are in the news. We all know that they'll they'll help people, according to the uh, doctors. So, what's your view on that? One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. One of our listeners sends us a text and says, Alec Baldwin shoots two people on a movie set with. The supposed prop gun. No, that was no accidents. Prop guns don't use real ammo. Yeah, somebody put them up to that, or somebody put the gun, uh, put real bullets in the gun, or something. Remember when? What was it? Bruce Lee, or got shot? Or was yeah, that Bruce Lee, and there was another guy who. Oh boy, I can't think of that. Same in the thing. Late eighties, but yeah, very tragic. Well, think how many guns are going off at movie sets. So you know, it's. It's law of averages. Eventually, one in a million is going to happen. Uh, let's see. Uh, another individual, less says there have been zero persons of the over 400 people arrested for the January 6th riot charged with insurrection. Why would that be? Oh, yeah. No insurrection happened. Yeah, I don't think they were that organized. I, I knew they wanted to get in, and they knew they wanted to take over and you know disrupt the election, and they knew they wanted, of course, elected leaders and Vice President Mike Pence, but uh, I, I, an insurrection, I think they probably have a sort of a a next day planned, and this yeah. this group didn't have plan, that. Would you say plan of action? Boy, it's something to do after not, you take over the government. walking up to the speaker's podium when the security guy's going, ah, don't go up. Okay, if you go up there, don't touch anything. <laughs> okay, you know, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, the worst insurrection in the history of the world. But, right. but the Democrats are going to milk it for what they can. Well, and Steve Bannon's not going to testify, so yeah. this is going to touch off a big debacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Another listener says, the leftist radical environmentalists attacked the Interior Department beating cops less than two weeks ago. Where's the outrage from this guy? Uh, yeah, I think it goes to uh, what yeah, you're saying about big things deal. that happened down at uh, Washington during, what was it, the Black Lives uh, uh, matter uh, marching uh, when the uh, I think it actually it was Rand Paul and some other uh, Republicans were getting harassed on as they walked out of a, a, me- a meeting or walked out of a an event. So uh, yeah, the inconsistencies, the hypocrisy all over the place. Uh, go back to uh, uh, two things. Go back to the NFL when I believe six officers were killed in Dallas and the Dallas Cowboys wanted to honor them. The NFL wouldn't let them. Look what the NBA in China. That is a flat-out joke. That is the NBA, along with what other industries, what other companies are selling out to China under the umbrella and the protection of the United States, but in the NBA, uh, the Celtics have a player, and I've lost his name, he's of of, uh, Turkish origin, and they they put the games on. They have a deal, and they get they get millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars out of the, out of China. The NBA does. 
but the uh, Chinese will not play the Celtics games. So well, and the interior department them. issue led to quite a few injuries, uh, injuries on both sides, officers plus uh, uh, significantly undercovered. Now, it was just a one-day event, and but, uh, I mean, Fox covered it appropriately, but uh, I don't think other, other reporters might have done something about it, but not much. I don't remember seeing anything on CBS on our app, but uh, I'll have to, I mean, I can go back. Stephen Fort, uh, who's the gentleman you have on? Stephen, uh, Georgetown professor, CBS correspondent. Oh, Leonard Steiner. Or, I'm sorry. He's from American University. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't mention that? Well, <laughs> and now he's just a professor, but you can call and get his opinion. He didn't mention that. But um, the pro- even the professor we just had on, mm. Van Goss, yeah, he did not mention that. Oh, and that's why this text is here. Okay, good. Thank you. And that makes sense now. Uh, another listener sends us a uh, note, says, so when the Democrats had a sit-in in Congress stopping the work of Congress less than 10 years, was that okay? There was a riot January 6th, not an insurrection. All right. Another listener says, I didn't hear any of President Biden's speech when he was in Scranton, but I heard the people welcome him on the streets. LOL, says Mike. Yeah, he got the, so, uh, what is it? Uh, let's go Hel- Brandon. Let's go Brandon. And then the uh, <laughs> then the F Joe Biden stuff. Oh, he got I mean, the real I, deal, too. Boy, okay. that's the, no, I, it's, a, it's a strange one, but that this is this has grown and grown and grown. And you you will hear it at huge events, and it's uh, you know the your view. What's your opinion uh, of saying "f you" Biden? I would pass on that. I mean, I don't I don't remember the "f you." Not a fan of Biden as a political leader, but but it is the president. It demeans the president. But you know, we're in a demeaning social spiral now. I believe in some regards. Uh, you ha- you have situations that happened decades ago that people are being now litmus tested for today. Uh, I know I will say this. I know the Democrats are are big on the uh, the growth when a politician grows from what he thought years ago to now. So, uh, but no, I think we're in some some social. Let's see. I I don't I don't think Emily posts book is going to be read by a whole lot of uh, the youths and uh, and the young uh, young adults. So, uh, Mike from Bloomsburg, you're on Hello. the mark. Yep. Hey, uh, I'm sitting on the road here on the side of the road to talk to you guys and hanging from a telephone. Well, it's a telephone pole on a private property, basically, and uh, there's a sign there and. Uh, it has a four-letter word, and then it says Joe Biden. So you can fill in the blanks there on that. And it's a it's a banner, so to speak. So, I mean, not only are people saying 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 that in a way that there's actually signs on the, along our highways, people saying that. And then I was uh, <clears throat> yesterday I went for a hamburger at, at uh, Burger King restaurant here in Bloomsburg. <laughs> Once a week, I like to go get yeah. their dollar menu hamburger, and uh, <clears throat> it was a dollar ninety nine. <laughs> so I jokingly said to the kid at the window, I said, did they give you guys a, a, a pay raise? I saw that they uh, they hiked the price of the hamburgers. They must have needed the money to pay it. And he says, yeah, we're getting $14 an hour now. Well, the uh, the, the people who uh, work for uh, the sign companies that work for, like, Dollar General and the dollar store are all out putting the .99s on their, uh, on their signs. No, inflation's hits. It's real. Uh, we have an administration that is very confused on their economic policy. 
what they believe is causing it to what really is causing it. Uh, they have totally slipped on the uh, energy banana peel when it comes to uh, uh, what their policies are. And I believe uh, in the town hall last night, President Biden just could not understand why gas prices are where they're at, and he had no idea of why to br- what to do to bring them down, except he thought, well, I could release the, the energy we have, the oil reserves we have, but that will only lower at 18 cents. Where does 18 cents come from? But uh, no, we're importing more oil from Russia than we did a year ago at this time, and our prices of gas are how much higher? A lot. A lot. Too and much. I mean, that, you know, that's the number that people see. I mean, everybody basically knows the, the, uh, the price of a gallon of gas, okay? If, if everyone has a car, and, and it's important to them. And that's good. But what they need to know is the economic, like you're saying, the economic policies and the things that this administration is doing that will ultimately sabotage the economy of this country, and, and, and that I have a problem with. It, but the real reason I called, I was uh, had to go to the doctor, and I'm, I just turned on your radio show, and I'm driving down the road, and I'm listening to someone talk, and I'm hearing two sentences, and I said to myself, college professor, okay? And then after I drive another mile and a half, two miles, I, uh, I hear uh, that this gentleman is a, a college professor. And then, then I heard him say, that he could not believe what he saw on January the 6th. He, he couldn't believe that. And I'm thinking, you know, if, if somebody is teaching our kids and they couldn't believe that they saw that, I don't think they should be teaching our kids, okay? Because it was a very believable thing in this country that we're living in right now and the things that are going on. Now, that said, I want you to understand, I believe it was the day, I can go back and check my records. I believe it was the day after January, it was on January 7th, okay? I called the radio station from a parking lot up in Montoursville, and I said to you guys, whoever was on there, Mark and Joe, I guess it was, I said, there's absolutely no way that the FBI didn't know that something was going to happen. And, and you know, they said, well, no, they, 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 everybody poo-pooed me when I said that, you know? And then it wasn't long after that they admitted that they did know. So to me, if there's anything that that college professor can't believe that he saw or heard, it should have been the statement of the FBI saying we had no idea, we had no inclination, when in reality they had to admit that they knew something was going on. And to me, this investigation, and I haven't been paying that much attention to it, because the people asking the questions, a lot of them should be the ones answering questions, because there was way more and it's like so many things that come out of our government. There's way more to it than we're ever going to know. And that's, you know, unless we have an open and honest discussion and knowledge of what really went on that day with the government, with the law officers and, and everything else that was involved, it, it, this is just a moot point. It's to distract us from what all the bad things that are happening in the country with this Democrat Party right now. It's just another distraction. And that's that's the way I see it. Well, Mike, I will say this. I believe that the FBI, 10 days later, had to come out and say they actually had agents undercover in the groups. Uh, 
So there was a number of agents. And then it's coming out that the Trump administration offered National Guard. It, it, it was a breakdown. I mean, it almost, you hate to say it, uh, it seemed to be a half a you know, the Capitol Police were like, well, what should we do here? How do we do this? These people come in. The one lady got shot. They never really uh, confirmed what happened and why. Uh, they have video of the guards uh, running down the steps as they're coming in the window there. So, I mean, it was a total debacle in the Capitol Police. But now they, I mean, and again, I go back, it was the worst insurrection plan ever. Uh, people taking <laughs> photos of themselves and, I mean. Selfies. Yeah, yeah. So, it so, was really a normal tourist with a, a couple of two, three hundred violent mean, people. I mean, you know, you, you don't want to use analogies, but it was almost like uh, a situation where, uh, uh, what was it, back in the 90s, uh, Desert Storm or one of one of the wars where CBS was on the beach while the Marines were coming on. They were video, to, you know, they had the cameras going. <laughs> well, that was a surprise to the enemy. So no, I, it 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 is just uh, it's 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 going to be used as a political pawn uh, leverage that the Democrats can try to get out of January sixth because. Boy, right now, there's not a whole lot of quivers in the Democrats' bag. Hold on. Hey, can, you, yes, it is Sawmill Road. Okay. I, you, I'm talking. Go. Bye. All right. We're, we'll Sorry. talk Just, to you later. I, Thank you, no, Mike. No, no, no. I'm talking to the guy that was... I, he wanted to know if this was Sawmill Road, and I said, yeah, of course it is, you know. And I said, go. <laughs> he wanted to talk, and he was he was parked in the oncoming traffic lane. Yeah, I, I mean, thinking, oh, my God, get All away right, from we me, got, We got calls coming in. We'll give you the last okay. word. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the, the, la- the last word is this. There's so much going on in this country right now that is negative. And it can't all be by accident. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. All right, we got you. Thank you so much. Sure. Uh, we'll take a quickie break. We've got two callers waiting. We'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. Normal tourist insurrection at the U.S. Mm-hmm. Capitol January 6th. Uh, one of our uh, good professors on the line says it was frightening what's happening in the U.S. right now. And one of our callers just said, now, it's not by accident. This is all a designed series of sequential things that lead to what? You tell us. 1-800-795-9565. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. I've been there many, many times. I haven't been there in a couple of weeks. Last time I was there, got an inspection for a vehicle that was already out of inspection, and they took care of us in a great big hurry. And you so were driving we're, illegally? We're, we're, yeah, yep, oh. we sure were. Well, we have a garage-kept truck, and guess what? We looked at it in mid-September, and guess what the sticker said? Eight. 31. Oops. <laughs> or 821. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is that open phones. I know you're dying it. But the Sunbury Motor Company, they will super serve you if you need it at the quick lane. They would just love to help you in every way that they can. Inspections, nitrogen for tires. They will pump you up and and just like the YMCA does, only with a lot more Maybe that's what the oxygen. president got a little bit of. Maybe he got a little nitrogen. <laughs> uh, nitrogen, that could be. But that's the quick lane, but they also got a master towing service. That means What's the difference between just a tow truck and a master towing service? Well, that's an opportunity for you to get those train crane-like trucks out there hauling big rigs or making sure that the flatbed is taking fantastic care. They use tender, loving kid glove treatment uh, when they're moving your car around on those flatbeds, and they love you. And if you need a new vehicle, Ford, Hyundai, Kia, they do have some trucks on the lot. Believe it or don't, they are the place where you can go where they still have new vehicles, the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. 
Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the topic of the Alex Baldwin shooting. One of our listeners says, Brandon Lee and John Errol Hexham both died accidentally by a so-called blank gun, says one of our listeners. Dennis, another listener says, a responsible prop armorer will not allow a firearm capable of accepting, of accepting live ammo on a set. Well, maybe it was a concussion or some metal fragment or something that led to the injury. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a live round, time, but we'll time find will out. Tell. It's, it's right. a tragedy, whatever. All right, next is Bob. Hello, sir. You're on the mark. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning. Um, one of the things with uh, Biden's Build Back Better plan, it was uh, to uh, help our highway system, and that would take away our fuel tax that Pennsylvania puts on us. It's almost, I don't know, 30 to 40 cents per gallon. So that would make a big distance or difference. And um, uh, how is, how about is where, that going to get rid of the Pennsylvania? That's a state tax by the state of Pennsylvania. That's not well, a federal say, tax. It'll take away the highway taxes. The federal. And that's what we're paying, highway taxes. The federal portion of our gasoline tax, you but mean? But the state, the state tax is still going to be there. Well, maybe not if Wolf. Gets his way, yeah, which but, um, he's not as going to. So. Making our country a socialist country just because we're making people wear a mask is crazy. That's not making. It I is mean, crazy. It's not, we're not like China where you're only allowed to have two two children. It's the very like definition that, you know, of crazy. There's yeah. uh, stuff like that going around and putting restrictions on children. You know, that's like controlling your religion, your schooling, etc. And that's what they do in other countries. Look at look at what just happened with uh, Afghanistan. They're killing the people over there now for going to school and you know standing up for what they believe in. But wasn't some of the states though controlling if you could go to church on Sundays or certain businesses? That wasn't uh, the local governments or the state governments putting those restrictions? Yeah, no congregating. Well, when when this virus thing first happened, yeah, because we didn't know how to control it. Nobody knew how to control it. So, I mean, it hasn't happened for a hundred years, so... So it was a little different in our area. The virus was a little different in Lowe's than it was in Coles? Well, have you heard there was, what, 5,000 cases in our state this yesterday? And that's the only ones being reported. There's a lot of people who won't even go get tested because they don't want to have it marked up as a, a COVID case. Do you know that's going around? Yeah, Pennsylvania's numbers are finally going down, so that's the good news. All right, well, thank and you, Bob. I, I saw a lot of those signs with Joe Biden up with the four-letter word. It said love. There you go. That's the way to be. Greater love should, yeah. That should Great be five letters. Have a good anyways. day. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Thank you. Make them great. Make it. You got. You got some of Biden's disease. I yeah, do have a B12 right. shot for you. Good. Al, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Good morning, thanks. Um, January sixth, the uh, so-called insurrection. I'm, I'm, my opinion is it was all orchestrated. So we'd be talking about it in a distraction and something for them to another thing to you know put down the uh, the right. Well, can I say this, Al? I, 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 I would say orchestrated. That's. Boy, heck of a orchestration. But I, I will say, remember the term, never let a crisis go to waste. 
and the Democrats and the left and those folks are playing this to the hilt. Should it have happened? No. How it happened now is being portrayed as, you know, an organized this, and now they're finding out. I mean, to the point where they went to arrest a, a gentleman, I believe, to his house because he had a Lego puzzle, for the better, lack of a better term, of the Capitol. And, that was, and it was still in the box, but that was supposed to be evidence that he was helping plan this. That's so it's ridiculous. The narrative. And yeah. I'm 100% sure it was orchestrated. And, you know, same with the election. That was so, so highly irregular. And I want to get to the note I wrote down when, we, when I sit and listen. And I think the far left is just going to go too far with their lawlessness. And they're going to end up starting something awful. And they aren't going to be able to finish it, hopefully. But I, they're going to just push and push and push until we can't take it anymore. I mean, they're doing it in Australia, they're doing it in Canada, and uh, they're just going to push so far into this country that I don't think this country's ready for globalism. And I, that, that's why all this is an exercise to beat us down, to get us ready for globalism. I, I will say this, the uh, school board scenario has somewhat backfired on them, and Merrick Garland, who, uh, boy that some people think should have been sitting on the Supreme Court. Thank goodness that didn't happen from the standpoint of his testimony yesterday showed him ill-prepared ill and misunderstanding of uh, what he thought uh, was meant there. So, uh, no, I, I would agree with you. They seem to... But also, too, a lot of these situations might be trial balloons. They put them out there to see what happens and then how to react. But the left seems to be organized and they are, uh, they, uh, they, they, they play to win. Uh, the Republicans this is, uh, don't. This is the, the final act of almost 100 years of uh, planning. I mean, they plan 100 years down the road. Uh, this started when we started Social Security and giving all that away and, and took the responsibility away from the people that make uh, the country go around, um, paying their workers what they're worth and keeping moms at home in the Second World War. And, I mean, it's just we're not going to take globalism. That's what they're trying to do, and they're going to push too far, and they're going to find out that I don't think this country's ready for that. All right. We got you, Al. Thank you. Anything yeah. else? Nope, have a good weekend, hey, you too, buddy. Thank you. Be careful out there. All right, quickie break. We'll have time for one more caller. 1-800-795-9565. What's your view on this? Men and women, unite. Dial the phone now. See who gets through first. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, one of our listeners sends us a text, says it was not an insurrection. So now you know for sure. <laughs> Another one says, uh, Bob, where's the money coming from to pay for all these leftist plans? Open your eyes to see what's going on. Your leftist Democrats are leading this country down the dark, grim, Whoa. violent path of oppressive communism. Well, we do have one here. Buy mm -hmm. electric cars. I like that. <laughs> Another one says, China now tested a missile that circled the globe. President Biden's administration is more interested in the woke military than to appear to the rest of the world as a strong adversary. I'll take mean tweets any day over this pathetic administration. 
Uh, well, they're not having their, this administration is not having their best moments. All right, 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC Way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, well, football game this weekend. You're going to see any actual games? I believe I'll walk out to the uh, Susquehanna game at Susquehanna Homecoming. Now it's your one o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, your alma mater is having homecoming also, right? Yeah, Penn State homecoming. I will not be back in town for that. In Illinois, State you're going to have the fight in the line eye uh, up there. I know there's some folks in this area that will be traveling up. Uh, folks from Indigo, California in for uh, the fall and uh, using that. Interesting, if you live in California in the heat, that you can come back in summer in Sunbury. I think uh, maybe the Sunbury Tourist Board should start that. Mm. Come to Sunbury. Summer in Sunbury. What's better? But uh, no, uh, high school, no, Mark, as we know, maybe the last three days might have been the nicest days of the year. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into some weather. Yeah, it was 70-some uh, degrees last night when the parade stepped yeah, off. That yeah, was that, nice. was, that was beautiful. We could do that. But, no, the high school games, the uh, field hockey games, the soccer games at the high school level. But uh, on the college level, we'll see uh, We'll see what uh, who plays quarterback for Penn State will be interesting. Maybe Steve Jones will address that. But uh, we're getting into now the next two weeks, and then uh, district playoffs start. A number of the sports teams, though, are already. Seals Grove is making a run in uh, – the uh, young ladies district tennis uh, so Fenry and DeFazio are making their moves but uh, no a very very good time of the year and of course your cubbies are hoping for next year but you still got uh, some playoffs going World on series. in major leagues World Series who will it be who knows but uh, interesting stories uh, probably the the media the sports media really would like that Astro Dodgers rematch but it doesn't look like that might not happen. I'm a Red Sox fan well, for the moment. If you're a Red Sox fan or a Cubs fan, then you've 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 really lived the roller coaster <laughs> of, <laughs> I'm not a of fanship. So, uh, uh, hey, yeah. real quick, though. Next Steelers week, are off on Sunday, right? Steelers are off on Sunday, but, but real quick, uh, the CBO gave the uh, fiscal 2021, which if you need to fall asleep, you can start reading that. But very interesting, the increase in revenues that the that uh, the country brought in under the Trump administration tax cuts or, or tax adjustments, mm-hmm. I'd like to refer to them that, 
brought in over $400 trillion for the first time. So a very interesting report. If people want to go online and look at that, the CBO Fiscal 2020 report, which uh, fiscal year for the government ends on September 30th, but a very interesting part. So Imagine uh, if they hadn't t- cut taxes during that time. It would have been $600 trillion. The uh, deficit would have been less. Probably wouldn't. You cut taxes, you create more taxpayers, and you increase your revenue. Trickle down does work. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for coming in. Yep. Have a good weekend. Uh, Like I said, though, uh, folks, get out and enjoy uh, these high schoolers and your local colleges. Monday, we'll talk about these and other topics. Uh, We'll continue the conversation that Joe started yesterday. Very concerned about the power, elitism, wealth, and uh, the win or else philosophy of the national political parties around here. We can talk about uh, that. Uh, We can uh, recap what our professor refers to as us being in a frightening time. Or Dr. Gary Soika, who says, nope, we just keep getting better and better and better as a country, and all of this is just going to be great chapters of our fabulous history. Well, if you look at the history, there's been hurdles and there's been potholes, and we have seemed to overcome those. However, have the stakes, have the price of poker, has it gotten higher? And and can we can we look at reforms in a positive way, or do we look at reforms as benefiting certain groups and being demeaning to other groups. So it's it's interesting how things will play out. But you know what? Uh, people can call in and express their opinions. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for coming in. Thank you, Rob. Did a fantastic job all week long. And so we are just very grateful that he's our wonderful producer. We have to thank our news director, Matt Catrillo, mm-hmm. as well. And Tony Finos, the great intern that puts this show on the podcast. So he's probably already over there clacking away, waiting for me to say the ID. And folks, get out. Support the In Pink. WKOK Sunbury.